Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of Mainstream Boys. Yeah, with a Z. Get your popcorn ready, crack open a nice cold cherry coke, and sit back and relax as Jonathan and Spencer break down the latest mainstream movies and TV shows of the month. Mine. This month, we got another great lineup for you. Barbarian, Pearl, Smile, The Greatest Beer on Ever, House of the Dragon, Handmaid's Tale, Andor, She-Hulk, and Dahmer, Mind of the Monster. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to our monthly show, Mainstream Boys. Me and Spencer here back again. Lil Ducky, Mainstream Boy himself. Quack, quack. Um, this is the show. Oh, quack, quack. Yeah, Spencer, quack, for context, quack. has a... It looks. I think it's made of rubber, an actual rubber ducky that his girlfriend got him at Target. Yeah. Yes? Yeah. I went to Target today. Did you find um, him? I went to Target today, and at the checkout, there was a guy that was buying, like, four Visa gift cards, and he left them because he didn't have money, and then I accidentally realized when I got home that I had taken all of them home with me, because it was in a bag, like, amongst my bags, and I didn't realize. Um, so, um, I thought I had $200 of Visa gift cards. I checked them. They were not valid, so they didn't actually work. It's a weird story that I did not expect, but uh, okay. It's kind of weird, right? Yeah, that did happen today. I forgot just because you got your duck at Target. That was somewhat relevant. Well, but, they had uh, like a pumpkin duck. They had a Frankenstein duck. They had other versions of the duck, but we have a little skeleton ducky. And he's watched all of the Spooktober movies so far with me. Festive. So uh, he's done a good ah. job. He's handled them pretty well. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I love having this guy. He's, he's just yeah. on my desk. There's always, Spencer has some sort of inanimate, inanimate duck watch I would say every piece of media with him. Yes. Uh, Usually when I visited, you have a wooden duck. Well, actually, no, he only came out for that one instance. Yeah. He usually stays in my room, but uh, yeah. Well, you have a wooden duck that stays and watches movies while we're out of the house doing other shit. And once again, that was was just a one-time instance (laughs) that Nate was really entertained by. So (laughs) I just kind of let him do his thing. Hysterical. Yeah. he, He loved it. I think he played fast times at Ridgemont high for him. So, yeah, um, that duck is. I don't know what's has happening. more movies in his filmography than I than I have. Um, anyways, yeah. So this is the show where we grab that big bucket of popcorn, crack an ice cold cherry coke, sit back, sit back and relax, and break down those uh, mainstream movies and TV shows. So that's actually in the intro. So I don't know why I just said it again, but that is what we do on this show. Spencer, did you make it to the theater at all this month? Yeah, uh, twice. I went two times, which is more okay. than uh, what I went in August. So, I mean, that counts for something. Um, Definitely, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah, and, and we'll get into which ones uh, that that is. But uh, yeah, we'll get into that. Um, we'll get into it. Um, you know, you know, um, kind of thing, <laughs> kind of thing. But yeah, so what we're gonna do is break down the movies that we watched this month, as well as the TV shows, and then kind of talk about what we're looking forward to in uh the whole entire month of october coming up here so why don't we get right into it if you guys haven't by the way we have a couple episodes out but uh for collector's corner we just did 16 candles donnie darko and the howling is our next episode so if you've seen any of those movies highly recommend checking out those past episodes but let's go ahead and get into the new release films of 2022 september 2022 first thing we're going to do is talk about barbarian Ooh, okay yeah this is the one that i haven't seen that i have heard 
excellent things about um and this movie came out of nowhere because like a couple weeks before it came out all of a sudden the marketing just went berserk on instagram and twitter and it was like barbarian the scariest movie of all time like you will be like peeing in your pants this is terrifying like it was like those like uh night vision like audiences like watching the movie like hiding behind like their hands and stuff i'm like what is this mo- barbarian like okay i looked it up barbarian. i saw that it was like bill skarsgård and justin lawn and from the director of Miss March and the whitest kids you know, those like back in like the that early two thousands, mid two thousands. That's the part that of, is like, what the? Yeah, fuck? I mean, like I remember watching that when I was in middle school, and like, okay, cool, but just sure. All of a sudden, September twenty twenty two comes out with this movie, this horror movie that has everyone buzzing. So I didn't get a chance to see it. I wanted to see it. Um, I just didn't have the. the oh, I had the time. I just didn't have the. Uh, you had the time, Spencer. I didn't you have could have the gone commitment that you did to see uh, new release films like I did. Um, but I do want to check it out when it comes to VOD, so I'll definitely be checking it out. So without getting too into like the spoilers, because I, I haven't even seen the trailer for Is this movie. Is that all you know? Was that was that basically you, you telling me what you know about the movie? Because you just said the background of who made the movie and stuff. You didn't tell me what you know about the actual film. What I know about the actual movie is it's like some uh, – I think like uh, someone shows up to an Airbnb – that's the log line. They yeah. might, there might be somebody else there that was like scheduled for the Airbnb, and then all of a sudden they realize that this house, this Airbnb, is something beyond anything they could imagine. And I, I hear the movie just keeps taking twists and turns, as in like you think it's going in one direction and it goes into how a different direction. It's like a whole different genre, apparently. So that's all I heard. Just heard the movie just goes batshit crazy towards the third act as well. So. That alone kind of yes, gets me excited, that... just because I'm like, "What? Like, okay, like I, I'm interested." So, I, I'm curious. I'm curious to know. You're did pretty. You, did you like this movie? Yeah. So I actually saw this with my dad and Chokey. Okay. okay. And uh, when you all said refer- and done, they get referenced so many times. In our well, episodes. I see a lot of movies with them. I so I mean, it I don't kind know if of... you realize that, but they've been <laughs> referenced in almost like every episode. Yeah, so Barbarian, um, yeah, I saw it with my dad in Chokey. This is not a film for your parents. This is a movie for people who like film and a, a interesting three-act structure um, because at the surface, this movie is exactly what you said it's going to be where it's a woman shows up, there happens to be another dude there, there's a scheduling conflict. They're like, oh, I don't really know what to do. He's like, it's okay, I'll sleep on the couch. Um, And then she sleeps in a room and it gets super kind of creepy and weird. Like something's off here, but there is a lot more to it there. There's, there's, how do you, how do you not spoil the movie? I don't really know. It's (laughs) because it's, it's one of those horror movies where it shows you everything Spencer said in the trailer. And then once you hit act two, it's just everything they didn't show in the trailer. Does it kind of like place beyond the pines you a little bit as in like, it just goes to a whole, almost Um, like a different storyline, but like it still connects in some way. Yes. Okay. I, I kind of figured that was the case anyways because of, of how like it's structured and what people's reactions were when they came out of it. Um, but I, It's not like father-son, like Place Beyond the Pines, but, like, but is I, this it, movie, it is what you're saying. Is this movie as scary as people say it is? Yes. Okay. Awesome. I, I, wouldn't, as a, I wouldn't say it's as scary. Well, it depends on what you find scary because – I haven't have found anything Smile? scary in the la- – like, I think the last time I was – audibly and like physically shaken by a movie was when i first saw hereditary 
in 2018. Oh man, that that's a whole other. I don't think I've fucking thing. I don't man. think I've had that same experience of a film affecting me to such an like an extent like that movie did. Um, I, I I've been into movies for sure. Like they've been like scary and like I've been into them and like had fun with them. But I like don't think it's like affected me and I haven't like jumped in my seat and like walked out of the theater and like wanted to like look over my shoulder and stuff like I, I, that hasn't happened to me since hereditary i think i think barbarian uses like the the place beyond the pine structure like you said that's part of the storytelling which i think was cool but it also it, it just uses it's not found footage but it kind of feels like it is sometimes because it is like you're following one character down a super dark hallway and she does some really stupid shit but she's also kind of smart in the way that she approaches things Okay. It's a it's a character that's kind of like you want to root for, but she still does some really dumb things. But in the end, she's kind of like smarter than you would expect in a movie like this. Without, I don't know. I was really conflicted with the main character, but like the movie itself, there were some very scary moments, some very scary imagery, and I think it's gonna end up being a pretty under the radar horror film of twenty twenty two. Okay. So I, I, I'm hoping it comes to VOD this month because I think it'll be a fun movie to check out during October. The obviously. title itself still does not make sense to me. And it's also... I they, don't get it. They ripped the font from uh, Sweet Baby Ray's Barbecue Sauce. That's I don't It's the same font understand as that. the logo as that Barbecue Sauce. I don't know if that... Yeah, I don't know if it means anything. Um, the director of Miss Marks just loves Barbecue <laughs> Sauce. <laughs> I don't know. Like, what, I, don't, like, I don't know what the fuck, fuck that it. means. <laughs> I, I don't know what it means either. I haven't seen the movie. So, what would you give Barbarian overall? I think I gave it like a three and a half out of five. Like okay. it was, it was a very horror solid film. horror film. Unexpected. Uh, not a like my dad and Chucky did not like it. Okay. Um, <laughs> Damn, but okay. I, it was just character choices. You know how people like they don't like movies. For not because of the quality of the film, but just like how the film ended up doing yeah, things, yeah, like, like the structure of that's it, kinda... or if it's 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 typically uh, general movie going audiences. If if a movie has a very downer ending, don't tell me if I'm right or not, but just if it has a downer yeah. ending, people tend to not really like the movie as much or like recommend it. Or the cinema score is usually kind of lower if the movie has a super depressing ending. Um, Sure. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, critically, this movie has like, a, like an 80 something percent around tomatoes or maybe even 90. I think it has like a 92. That's to be honest. That's a lot higher uh, than I would think that that seems that seems kind of crazy. It's high, but it's, it's a lot higher than I thought. But I, I definitely want to check yeah. it out. I, I'm hearing great things and I'm, I'm glad I've kind of stayed away from the trailers and I'm going to go into it as blind as possible because I hear that is the best way to do it. Um, so hopefully we, we stayed nice and vague and I feel like we did. I don't know much still. So, yeah, I said nothing. I truly said yeah, nothing. You did a good job. Um, but three and a half out of five. Okay. I'll definitely, hopefully it comes out soon on a, a VOD. If not, I'll try to sneak to the, the theater, but it, I was hoping it was going to come to the theater that was walking distance from me, but it was only the theater that was, uh, 25 minutes of a drive. So that's why I didn't get a chance to see it. But what I did decide to go out and spend my money on though, was the recent, re-release of avatar mm -hmm. 4k imax 3d the remastered version with like remastered visual effects <sighs> how uh how did how was that did you uh feel like you were back in 2009 but a more advanced 2009 yep you nailed it on the head <laughs> like <laughs> i'm not even kidding like i low-key got a little emotional when i was watching this because i literally don't remember the last time i had a cinematic experience on a level like this I mean, I think that let alone the last time I saw a 3D movie was probably Doctor Strange in IMAX 3D in 2016. 
I don't. Oh, the first I one. Don't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 2016 Doctor Strange. I don't think I've seen a 3D film since then. And if I did, it's probably just one of those movies that were just post-converted because Avatar kicked off the 3D trend essentially, because James Cameron was experimenting with that technology and he pushed the limits well, of what was possible. Was it- this was after they came out. Remember, they had like the at home 3D with like oh, the sure. red I and mean, the blue. Spike like, 3D, I, yeah, I mean, they had the, they like Shrek, with the red had... and the, the red and the blue <laughs> glasses, the paper glasses for sure. But like yeah, with this yeah. Avatar, I mean, did you ever see this in 3D? I I I think I saw it in theaters. I'm I would uh, I'd be surprised if I didn't see this in 3D because that was okay. like the thing. That's what you're supposed to do. Because that's how I first saw I, it. Yeah, I saw it in the IMAX 3D, literally the same auditorium <laughs> in 2009. I remember just being in awe of the visual effects and being like, oh, wow, I have not seen a movie be this fucking insane before. And I, I, I have watched it like a couple of times since on Blu-ray, and it's never lived up to that experience because then when you have the story of just Avatar, like it's – I don't love it. It's repetitive. It's 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 hokey in a sense because it's just Pocahontas and Dance of the Wolves. <laughs> but like the visual effects are fucking insane, and it's a fun movie. It, it's It's a – James Cameron knows it's how to a popcorn film shoot like, action. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a big blockbuster and it's, it's so entertaining. And so going into this, like my expectations were just like, yeah, it's avatar, but they re-releasing it in IMAX 3d again. Like that experience of London Brooke had never seen it in theater. She only saw it on Blu-ray and loved the movie. So I'm like, you're going to see the whole movie for like an entirely different perspective. And so we went and saw it, and yeah, the movie just blew me the fuck away. It's one of those movies where um, it's held so highly in regard just due to the amount of money it makes and the visual effects and how kind of monumental it was. Yeah. But then people are like, oh, let's knock this thing down. The, the story isn't perfect. Yeah. That's not what James Cameron was going for. Like, no, no, he's no. not going for He's not going for Oscar, just like best screenplay ever written. It's it's Sam Worthington is the star of this film. Like, <laughs> but that's, seriously, but like, that's I don't know forced, what you guys are expecting. And that's how you're forced to watch it beyond its theatrical run is like whenever it comes to digital and you watch it on your iPods and you're watching your phone. Yeah, because you're not watching Netflix. it how it was meant to be watched. Exactly. Yeah. This is the only way you should ever see this movie because I got when I went to on Letterboxd, I, I saw that I logged this movie at like a three out of five. This movie's a four and a half out of five. Based on this whole fucking wow. experience, but wow, five, dude. Because like when I was watching the action scenes and like things are literally like flying at you like you've never seen them before, and like the sound was literally blowing candy wrappers like into the aisles and stuff. Like it was unbelievable of a cinematic experience. And after like lockdowns and stuff and being forced to watch all these new release movies through like streaming and on your TV and buffering and just wanted to literally just jump out your fucking window and <laughs> going back to the theater I get and it. stuff like this is how you this is just a welcome return to like that whole experience and it's it's kind of like what movies should be when you go and see them in theaters so if it's still playing near you like you have to go fucking see it dude it's you have to go and check this out okay you have to okay it's you have the amc a list there's no excuse it's long it, the story like, it, it does kind of drag i don't recommend going like late at night but go and check this movie out i mean just have a fun time and just be in awe of just what james cameron is doing and they even showed like a a 10 minute scene from avatar 2 with like an imax 3d oh, like before no it was afterwards so like they played the credits so like a lot of people left and then it said all of a sudden like before like started rolling like the all the other credits like beyond the main ones it was like and now a special sneak peek of avatar way of the water and then it was like hold this like no it was an way. underwater scene with like the kids and dude this the i can't wait for december like just you're gonna have the same experience in literally a couple months with a whole new movie and it's gonna be 
I'm so excited, dude. It's I had never thought I would see you so excited for Avatar. I never did either until I literally took advantage of this IMAX 3D re-release. Like I said, I had this logged at a 3 out of 5 on Letterboxd because just having to watch it on Blu-ray, just, I'd never had that same level. It ruined it. Of appreciation, yeah. yeah it's just like you watch the story and it's like, oh, well, you know, you've seen this done a hundred times before, but it's a really cool visual effects. The IMAX 3D, in, it, it showcases it for what it really is. And it's unbelievable. Okay. Unbelievable. But... The movie that we did see together, not together, but, you know, we saw this movie. We can finally share opinions and a discussion on it. It is Pearl. Pearl. Not the not the whale from SpongeBob. This is the character from uh, the movie X, played by Mia Goth, but she's also the older woman, but in as her younger self in Pearl. As you've probably heard, if you've listened to us at all, Movie Thong, um, you know that we have somewhat of a, an obsession with Mia Goth for whatever reason. Um, I think it's more you and than it. Well, it's, it's me. Well, yeah, it, 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 it's all of us, it, but I'm more vocal about it. I think it's like just <laughs> Mia Goth is like what she had, like a very small role in, what was that? In uh, Everest. And I yeah. was like, Holy shit. Why isn't she on the fucking poster? Like, because it's a movie <laughs> yeah. called Everest. She has one like, line, that, if anything, <laughs> She's like, Dad, are you coming home? And then that's it. And he doesn't respond. It's not. But, God, Mia Goth is got to be one of the most under-the-radar actresses right now. I, I, I truly think that she she's in some pretty niche movies. She's working with this director. Uh, I can't. I don't know his name, to be honest. It's it's It sounds Ty like West? a woman's name, but it's not. Ty, oh, Ty West. Ty West. That's not a woman's name, but yeah. Um, who did X. That was pretty awesome i i mean it has insane reviews it's not just like a super niche cult movie like it it, it's well regarded as a good movie um and then pearl here which so creepy and unsettling and just such a strange character that mia goth plays as pearl i'll I'll tell you what i was really into about this whole x and pearl and ty west and mia goth and what they have done this year uh yeah yeah x kind of came out of nowhere uh, last april I remember it premiered at one of those festivals. I think it was like South by Southwest, which, you know, when, beginning of the year, a lot of film festivals, they'll screen these movies and you can kind of get a sense of these upcoming movies where they have like a lot of hype. X was one of those movies that people were talking about. They're like, oh, this is a, this is a lot of fun. If you're into horror, like it's a throwback to 70s grindhouse type of movies and it's, 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 it's creative. It's really cool. Mia Goth did a great job, blah, blah, blah. So when it came out and we all saw it, we all really liked it. I mean, it lived up to the expectations, at least in my opinion. Jenna Ortega. Yeah, Jenna I Ortega, mean, Kid Cudi. Freaking Brittany Snow. Brittany Snow. Brittany Snow is, like, pretty yeah. darn good in this movie. It, it's, like it, X is a great movie. It's a great little horror film. And all of a sudden, like, a, a couple of months before Pearl came out, which was September 17th or 16th or something when it came out, it got announced that, like, yeah, oh, by the way. Oh, no, 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 sorry. After X, at the post-credits of X, a trailer for Pearl plays and it's like, oh yeah, coming soon, Pearl. And it was like, oh wait, they shot, they actually shot a prequel along with X. They shot this movie. Who paid secretly. for this? I don't know. Who paid for this? I think like that's what's crazy. To it me. has it's a like, budget of like a million lit? dollars, dude. So it made a profit <laughs> because it had a budget of like a million or two million dollars. So they had good investors uh, or producers. So, uh, but just the whole like announcement. It's like, oh yeah, by the way, like another movie's coming out soon, and it's coming out in the same year, and it's a prequel. And it gets a wide release and everything, just like X. So I was pretty hyped about that. And I just like when movies do that. And, of course, a third movie got announced with this called Maxine, which is 
probably not coming this year, but it probably it's going to come out in the spring. So they had to see how the first two movies that they shot back to back would do. Yeah, I mean, but all of a sudden, just a twenty four, just Ty West, Mia Goth, they just came out with a little trilogy all within a year, a, a, a fucking cool little horror trilogy in one year. It's just so cool that that happened because Pearl is. A lot of fun if you're into this type of horror and genre and just character performances like or character acting and stuff it's it's so interesting and pearl is just a shining example of how talented mia goth is because the scenes that she has to do here is unbelievable and she this movie's all her incredible yeah she's in every frame of this movie without without mia goth i mean this movie would it would still be kind of like cheesy weird quirky fun um, but God, she she really just every scene yeah. she's in she is just it. she she creates this weird unsettling tension. Like there's a scene with a scarecrow in this movie. <laughs> it's funny where too. she's like coming home. It is funny, yeah. No, she's coming home from town, and it's almost like the Jeffrey Dahmer show where we're talking about it a little bit later with a mannequin. But she does the very similar thing yeah. with a fucking scarecrow, and it's she's got Jeffrey Dahmer esque almost. I mean, it seems like almost the same situation with this character. She's just so good in this movie. There's there's a scene in this movie where it's like the longest one take of a, of a medium shot on her face of her just talking and kind of airing out how she feels on the inside. It's like a about who she is. Yeah, it's, it's like, like seven, ten minutes long. It's like a seven to nine minute one take monologue of just like a close up of her face. Yeah, it's yeah. Not to mention the end credits. I mean. Kind of, not really a spoiler, but the the end credits is literally just her face and holding one pose for the entire credits. Like, <laughs> I mean, if you go on IMDb, it's the the trailer is the thumbnail of her smiling like that. Yeah, and just imagine that for like five minutes with her eyes are watering because she can't blink. It's performance, the, the dedication. The de- yeah, the dedication it, for this role. And she was a this is the first time she's been credited as a screenwriter because she helped develop the, the character. And you can tell just her her passion is here and it, it showcases on screen. And honestly, dude, you look at some other movies she's done, like Care for Wellness. She's she's another she's like in a mental hospital in that movie with another weird affliction. Like this is just kind of her niche and she does so well in it. Honestly, I, I just I can't wait to see what other weird stuff she does. I'm sure she'll be in some mainstream movies as well because she's yeah. she's gonna blow up. Like, well, she's, she's gonna blow up. She's married to uh, Shia, La- Shia. Shia LaBeouf, so I mean, like, Speaking he's another famous people. character, yeah. method actor. So I'm sure she and him just you don't want to know what their dinner's like. So, <laughs> God, damn. God, they probably eat like human remains. Like, I, don't, I hope they don't go that far, but I'm sure they like, like do some crazy role playing scenarios. Uh, God. All right, tonight you're love Pearl <laughs> and Shia. You're uh... <laughs> you can and you're you're uh, what's the what's the guy's name from Transformers? That's what I was trying to think of. Sam Sam <laughs> Sam Sam McFly or Sam Witwicky Witwicky or something. I don't know. Witwicky. Like That's that. what it is. I hate that I know that. That's a fact. Is I wish Wit-Wiki? I didn't know. I don't even think it's 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 Witwicky. Let me double check. Hold on. <laughs> I don't know if it's Witwicky. It, it is, dude. Transformers. Really? I know it's Sam. I'm coming, Sam. Witwicky. That's literally it's says. fucking Sam Witwicky. Oh no, I'm on my way, that. Sam. Not I'm coming. That's fucking gross. All right, so uh, <laughs> I'm coming. Uh, what? Optimus? <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, Pearl. I I it's a niche type of movie. It's not for everybody. I think one person did walk out of my theater during it because it's 
Oh really? Yeah, it's it's weird. Know what you're getting into. Yeah, I mean, but like, yeah, know you're know, know what you're getting into. It has a fan base. The fan base will go and see it. It doesn't need to make a whole lot of money. It just needs to make more than a million dollars to make a profit. So yeah, I'm sure it will. So it's a good point. Four yeah. out of five. I I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think I liked it more than X, to be honest, mainly because of how much Mia Goth was putting oh, man, into this. Tough. But I did like the ensemble of X. I kind of missed that here. So I don't know. I'm I'm back and forth. Both are so different, but they're a great companion piece. So like, I mean, honestly, the only way to probably watch these movies is to watch Pearl and immediately watch X right after. I mean, it just that's, I mean, like yeah, that would be the I, ultimate double feature. But that is super tough because I they're both again like they're in the same genre, but they're both so different. Like they're both kind of slasher films with some really because you don't because you don't know a lot about the people who are. You don't know a lot about the killers in X. It's more about the ensemble with Kid Cudi, and it's almost more yeah. of like a horror comedy. And this is a whereas this one is character study. Yeah, exactly. So this one's a little bit, I would say, definitely more unsettling. The other one's more of like a paint by not paint by numbers, but like. But like but the thing is, because I, I haven't watched X since watching Pearl, but knowing the more context behind Pearl and the character, I feel I feel like that's going to enhance. Ooh, that would add a lot. X a lot more too, because you kind of can you're right. see the back. Like, because when you watch an X, you're like, oh, it's just a creepy old lady that's just like acting weird. Now you know mm-hmm. her fucking whole story, <laughs> and so like it's it's interesting. So that's why I think the double feature of watching X and Pearl, like that's the thing. I owned a movie theater. I would play a double feature of fucking X and Pearl or Pearl and X. So Spencer wants to open a movie theater, I do. Um, which I, do, I don't think is an outlandish. And if you walk up to the idea. box office at my theater and you're like, you know what? I like those movie dudes. And my favorite episode is this free ticket. Absolutely. I will make you a five course fucking meal that I learned on MasterChef Junior. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I give it a four out of five as well. Let's go ahead and move on to smile. I just smiled in the creepiest way I could think possible. Spencer, did you see this movie? No, because this movie came out literally two what days the ago. Fuck! I thought you saw it. Huh. We talked oh about it. I said, God. "Are you said Are you going to see Smile this weekend?" And you said, "I don't know. I want to. I might. Maybe I'll see it after I finish this work at four p.m." And I said, "Oh, cool." <laughs> and then I went and saw it at four thirty. <laughs> I didn't even know that you saw it to be honest until uh, you, you said, "Go!" Oh, I just got back from Smile and. Oh yeah, I said never bring, never bring your girlfriend to see this. Yeah, that's um, what you said. Yeah, never bring your girlfriend to see Smile. Holy shit! Yeah, that's exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, but okay. So once again, this is another movie that I have no idea. I don't really know anything <laughs> about. I have seen the trailer because they played it actually before Pearl, so I saw the trailer. Um, what I want to say, I hope doesn't. I'm not terribly worried about spoilers here because I feel like I can kind of get a sense of what this whole movie is going to be, anyways. Okay. I just am I'm excited to see how scary it really is. That's all I want to know. So what's actually crazy is like I don't. It, I feel like jump scare movies get a bad rap, right? Because they're usually done poorly. Yeah, like a cat this jumps movie, out of a shower and it's like, oh, it's a, it's a fake out. Yeah, this movie has a lot of that, but it's like done right in a way where I I was okay. So I was in the third row from the screen, and then there's like a, a walkway, and then it goes into the stadium seating. Was it a busy theater? busy theater behind me and i was the only one below that section so everyone so was like behind you everyone was behind me except me no you get the back you get the back row i sat in the back it row was sold out Pearl, dude <laughs> i don't my I, I my eyes aren't i can't see i always sit close i was like i don't want an axe coming over my shoulder so i'm sitting but, in the back but row. that actually scared me because in the back of my mind i had thoughts I'm like okay there's 80 people behind me that are smiling 
Yeah, can you like, imagine just turning around? Everyone's that, just like, it, and I almost, I was like looking over my shoulder. I was like, <laughs> but no, I mean there there were multiple scenes where I went like, oh my god, like legitimately did that like full volume, and like I heard people laughing and stuff. Like it was like I felt like my dad, like I was turning into my dad almost. I love, um, I, I yeah. When I stayed that one week <laughs> down there with your dad, and we watched like five horror we saw movies, the box or his reactions were always so. iconic. Yeah. I, I was like, God damn, I'm turning it. But I couldn't help myself. Like I and I like I wear the I wear a flat brim hat a lot too, so I would like hold it down so I couldn't see like half the screen because like I didn't want to jump scare. But I understand. It, no, no matter what, it still got me. But th- this movie, like at the surface, smile. I saw the trailer. I'm like, this is gonna be bad. It's gonna be bad. Yeah, like it looks like one of those like throwaway October releases to to cash in on like the 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 season of Halloween. Like the, uh, Blumhouse is famous for doing it, and they're hit, hit or miss. It's like you don't know if it's mm-hmm. gonna be good or bad. Half the time, it's one of those movies that is like twenty percent Rotten Tomatoes or lower, and it gets terrible reviews. But leading up to this release, people were saying like, "No, don't write off this movie because it's legitimately terrifying." And it's more of the, along the lines of people would uh, kind of comparing this to The Ring and It Follows, but yet it still stands on its right. own. So I don't have to. Yeah, so like I heard those comparisons. So I'm like, okay, so it's along those kind of lines where it's it fits in kind of more with those types of movies, less so of like the the generic throwaways like Slender Man or uh, Bye Bye Man. Those are like terrible releases. So that that's great to know. But is this movie... actually haven't seen either of those? But I don't think I have either. But I've stayed away from them because they got terrible reviews, or like uh, Truth or Dare or whatever. Uh, that I, that well, I did I did Fantasy see that Island. and it was. Fantasy Island was fucking horrible. Yeah, well, just yeah. Those, that was a first date movie. What a mistake! Or like, um, but yeah, it wasn't my idea. Jigsaw, I don't know, any type. Look in previous Jigsaw's good October's, and I guarantee you'll find one horror movie that's just as horrible. And I thought Smile was going to be that, but it's proven everybody wrong. I think it has like an eighty percent Rotten Tomatoes or a seventy something percent. So that's dope. It sounded like you were about to ask a question. Did you have a question? I just like you're about to be like. I feel like you're about to ask a question. Well, because the movie Smile is. Like, it's genius marketing in and of itself. It's smile. And like the what they've been doing with the marketing has been awesome anyways by sending Unreal. the actors to like uh baseball games and putting them right behind home plate so they're just sitting there the whole game just like with a creepy smile. And it's like that's Fucking brilliant. I love that. And they did it like uh they did love it on that. the Today show behind Al Rooker, like in the window. Are you kidding yeah, me? It's, it's a, there's a video of it. Yeah, it's like a woman just, she's just right there and she's smiling through the window. Uh, it's so weird. It's so fucking funny that it, it's brilliant marketing. So that alone, I probably will. I, I, oh, that's you so have funny. more balls you than should... I do to go see this by, by yourself because I just like I don't want to do that. Like I, just, I don't want to drive. To I the like to be scared. Do it. I like uh, to be scared. I yeah. I like I. I'm more scared to watch Insidious at home. To be honest, because like, we're about to do it's, that. For, did, uh, I did that. I did Collector's one Corner. and two back to back. No problem by myself. Chapter two is less scary. It's more. I, I just like how that movie connects. Well. I have a cat. I have an actual physical living animal. Not that your duck isn't living in your own mind, but um, the it follows comparison is spot on. Sure. Okay. That's all I'll say in terms of, I guess, borderline spoilers. But um, aside from the jump scare stuff, like this movie has a really good protagonist. It actually has some pretty solid backstory with kind of the underlying messages of the movie so it's not just like very surface level that there's more going on here almost like um uh the movie with rebecca hall that it was like a lot based on like like there was backstory of like depression and stuff and 
the night house yeah like there there was a good backstory along with the uh kind of the just the terror that was taking place to begin with so okay um but then it goes even further like when i was like okay it's gonna end right here because her backstory is resolved it fucking doesn't and then it goes like to another level like was was that very surprised welcomed yes good okay great (laughs) it it has a lot of false endings i'll say that it has a lot of false endings where like our script writing teacher would be pissed off sure but i feel like they keep going but i was i was there for it because it was one of those movies where i was like i don't want this to end like this is pretty awesome how long is the movie i feel like it's over two hours it's it felt like it it's over two hours is it i don't know let me oh if you said it felt like two hours i mean that doesn't really compliment not like not in a bad way it was an hour 55 so yeah okay yeah it was close to two hours then all right wow um interesting also there were uh there were four like probably 13 year old girls that snuck in during the third act is it r and they were like it's rated r oh oh that changes yes okay it changes it a lot i did not know that until that happened I was kind of dreading going to see this uh, this weekend because I thought it was PG-13, uh, and I didn't want to deal with like the, the kids because we had terrible experiences growing up going to see horror movies or PG-13, uh, just kids with like laser pointers, and they were annoying running up and down the, the halls. So I, I was half expecting that to happen with Smile, but knowing that it's R, that changes things. Huge. There was four 13-year-old girls that snuck in during the third act, and there was a dude sitting in one of those seats that's like, in the aisle where it's like almost like a handicap seat and they came in and started like making jokes and like giggling and shit and he went up behind them and went ah! and scared the fucking <laughs> shit out of them and they screamed and ran around the theater and then he went and got somebody to kick them out which was great it was about two minutes and that's was, what i was expecting actually... to happen at the theater dude that's what i wanted to yeah. avoid so it's funny that it actually happened to you okay it actually enhanced the, the experience because at first I was like, ugh, and then I started laughing yeah, when they when they were like screaming. It was like it was actually awesome. So right. okay. it, it totally added to the experience. Um but yeah, smile four out of five, very solid. Uh, Damn. very unexpected. Okay. Really liked it. Um uh, yeah, I will so definitely be checking it. that out. Hopefully uh hopefully it comes out in a couple of weeks. If not, maybe I'll check the theater. Who knows? Um Yes. Very great ex- very great execution of a of a concept that could be fucking ruined pretty easily mm, sure you know yeah but moving on to more of an upbeat film that i don't know if you did you watch it the zach efron movie yeah the greatest beer run ever i did all right cool sweet awesome what'd you think of that yeah this was uh the latest peter fairly or farley peter oh, farley, peter peter Far- farley? Oh, no shit okay farley i think it's farley peter farley he he and Bobby Farley, his brother, they've made some pretty crazy comedies like Dumb and Dumber, Fever Pitch. Uh, they did There's Something About Mary. They did Hall Pass. They've done a whole bunch of stupid movies. But all of a sudden, Peter Farley, by himself, wrote and directed Green Book, which won two Oscars. Uh, so he is a two-time Oscar winner. So therefore, he can make whatever he wants now. And he decided to make this movie called The Greatest Beer Run Ever, which is... Yeah, it's a true story of a guy in this in, during the Vietnam times was like he was bored and drunk and he's like, you know what, I'm gonna go and give my friends a beer in Vietnam. And he it did doesn't it. sound real. Yeah, it does not. It sound sounds like real. a made up story, but he literally did it. He literally found a way to get to Vietnam and to find his friends and deliver them a beer. And then you kind of obviously there's messages about 
how over his head, oh yeah, over his head he is, and just how stupid of a decision that is, and what war really is like, and yeah, there's a lot of uh, on the nose kind of messages that you would expect with that type of story. But I I really enjoyed this movie. I wonder how many kind of instances it it exaggerated. Like how many? I wonder how much of this actually happened. I mean, regardless, the film is is so entertaining i mean just the concept itself is like so ridiculous that you just kind of want to see see what happens zach efron plays a character that is so likable he's so goofy and dumb and he's actually kind of perfect name? for that chicky chicky something chicky. Yeah, yeah i mean fucking chicky like the the coolest guy with a mustache from new york wearing a flannel and like he's basically like a golden a, retriever a as a person i mean like he's just like <laughs> yeah a goofy dumb person with like a big heart that just wants to do something good with his life and that's just what he landed on was like you know what i want to go give my my boys a beer in the middle of a fucking war zone like dude that scene this this would be that's that scene when they he gets to that station and he's like hey like i'm here to see whatever his friend's name is and they're like you need to see him now and he's like yeah i'd love to see him right now like right now he's like yep okay calls him to the station he's running through fucking a battlefield with people shooting at him yeah, like non-stop. that was ridiculous and it just cuts <laughs> you to better get here he's now. just like trying to find, find like how he's gonna hide under the tarp to surprise his friend and it cuts back to his other friend just literally running for his fucking life and he gets there and he's like ah, i brought you a beer and he's like are you fucking kidding me you son of a bitch like it's it's so accurate and just like how people would probably react it's like you're you're such a fucking idiot but how can you hate him because he's he, his heart is so big it's the clash of the two, kind of the two worlds of the people who were, like, in America. Like, they, they're they basing their opinions of the war on the, on what the media is mm. kind of proposing. And, cause well, they're in all the, being in, in the Viet- nothing but horrible things and protests and stuff like that. And, yeah, he wants to yeah, support them. Exactly. And, like, the Vietnam War is known to have kind of made America look super negative. Like, our, the reason why we're there isn't really concrete and, like, they were... We weren't succeeding like America has won in every other war, and you know, and that, then he goes over there and, and finally kind of learns what truly what's going on. And I, I just kind of love the how the two worlds clash in that scene that you, that you just mentioned. Yeah. It's like he has no idea what the fuck he's doing. Like he he doesn't comprehend that this is a full on war zone. Like his friend almost died for a pap, for a PBR. Yeah, in that moment, a PBR. Can you imagine a PBR? And and everyone thinks he's a CIA agent. Yeah, that was a funny aspect of the film. Yeah, they're just like, oh my god, yeah, you guys I are hope so that good. Was true. And he's just like, well, okay. <laughs> he's like, I'll roll with this. This is this is how I'm going to make it happen, which was hysterical, crazy. Um, it, yeah, that 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 one character. Um, oh, his job was like transporting the dead, and uh, and he had like a he had like lunch with him and stuff, and he was like convinced that he was a CIA agent, and he wanted to like have Zach Efron put in a good word for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, definitely. That character, hysterical. Love that guy. Yeah. And he keeps popping back up every now and then. He's like, hey, man, like, put in a good word for me. The the one thing, though, is, like, I don't think this movie, like, it's not going to go on to win any Oscars or anything. Like, it's not, it, it didn't blow me away or anything. I mean, neither did Green Book, to be honest. But, like, all of a sudden, the campaign oh God, that movie was... Green Book just came out of nowhere. And Did you ever see it? Yeah, I saw Green Book. Yeah, I mean, like that's the thing. It's, it was okay. It, it's a feel good movie. It gets it, it means well. I mean, it pissed off a lot of people, but like, <laughs> could you say the same thing about this movie? You it, could say the same thing well. here. Like, it's it's a little by the numbers. I mean, you could kind of expect this, the messages that you're gonna get with it. Uh, it doesn't really do anything new. It didn't change 
this landscape of film like Avatar the 4K IMAX 3D remaster. So like it's just like, it, but like if you have Apple TV Plus, it is kind of like a feel good movie in a sense to an extent uh, of just this guy who is a golden retriever in real life and just wants to make his boys feel good and that's it. So Airbud Vietnam edition. Um, yeah, I mean I think even the title itself is like it's self aware. It's not. It's not trying to take itself super seriously, but like yeah. it is tackling some subject matter where it where it should be, and it does. Like it it does, you know, it it, it takes the Vietnam more seriously and kind of the history behind it. And then you have Zac Efron being just yeah, kind of a goofball and a really sweet person and a family man and just trying to do the right thing. And like I, I kind of like Peter Farley not really leaning towards his fart jokes and his stupid crude humor the way he had it wasn't in hall his pass. pass yeah i mean like it's he did it so much and he's made so many movies and some of them were funny and some of them were not so uh i'm kind of glad that he's kind of maybe maturing making more kind of mature stories uh but still having his roots in comedy still shine at times because uh, this movie Absolutely. did kind of make me laugh and it made me chuckle a few times it's, it's funny i think the scene when uh he gets told to go to church, and he's like, "Ah, oh, fine, yeah, I'll go." And then he just sits outside. I think he's drinking, and then like he waits for the bell to ring. He runs in, and then like the, the camera kind of just keeps keeps going down with that dolly, and then just him like, en- like exiting with everybody else. And he's just like, he doesn't go for church at all. He only goes just to make an appearance, say hi, and then he leaves, and goes to the bar. I I expected it to be fun, but I I didn't expect it to have as much heart as it did. Sure. So um, I I really really like this movie. I actually have it in my top five right now of this oh. of this year. Damn. Uh. Yeah, I thought this was a really, really well done movie. So uh, yeah, I give it a four and a half out of five. Holy fuck! Yeah, no I way. I really dude. liked this movie. Wow. Okay. It might have been the two oversized white claw surges that I drank during the film. Okay, but yeah, that probably did add to the film. I mean, not dude. If it was a bad movie, I I'm still not feel like lie, I would though, have thought it was a bad movie. <laughs> I was wondering if we were going to get into this at all during this episode, but I think this is like the perfect time. Uh, yeah, because this movie came out on Friday, which was the last day of September, and John and I are currently doing Sober October as you're chugging their White Claw uh, right now. Um, well, I mean, <laughs> so the, bad the, timing. Know, there's there. a few instances where I'm allowed to drink, but that's okay. Poor timing there, but yeah, we're just we're just gonna try to have fun with it. Um, and yeah, John is doing the exemption of uh, Sundays because of football and podcasting. Uh, we're giving mm-hmm. him a pass on Sundays, um, but if you know John, that's a big deal. But regardless, uh, <laughs> thank you. So October, this movie came out on the last day of when we could drink, and yeah, I, did, I I pounded like three double IPAs. Uh, what better film? What better film to do that for? With, yeah, I watched it with me? Brooks family, uh, and yeah, we we really had a great time watching it, and I think we it, we enjoyed it, and uh, and I gave it a, a three and a half out of five. So I didn't love it as much as you did, wow. but I still really, really liked it, and I had a good time with it. Like, I don't think I would watch it again, but it's a movie that I would recommend. Really? Like, yeah, if you oh have Apple TV Plus, watch Cha Cha Real Smooth, and then also watch The Greatest Beer on Ever because they're both little feel good movies. I think that's an incredibly enjoyable double feature. The last movie that I'll mention here um, that I watched, I watched it last night, kind of kicked off my Spooktober because yesterday was October 1st. Uh, was it try- spooky though, Spencer? Is the question. trying to watch a horror movie every day this month? Uh, Hocus Pocus two. Dose. Hocus Pocus. Should I two. watch it? Is my question. Do as Should a as a you pretty solid it. fan of of the original. And if you're listening at home and you're thinking to yourself that same question, should you watch Hocus Pocus two? Take it from somebody who just watched the first movie for the first time last year. 
That's had, me as well. Okay, by the way, and you as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yes. you, you're in my uh, my boat here. So, Nate, Nate was the the fan. That's yeah, why we watched it. On he the was a nostalgia the last, childhood. Last October. Like, you got to watch Hocus Pocus. It's one of my favorite movies. Of, like from Halloween of all time. I'm like, oh, okay. And I, I've heard that growing up too. And I saw it on TV. It was always rotating on those channels, and I just never watched it. And the first, and when I watched it for the first time last year, I loved it dude i had so much fun it was that 90s cheese that i really liked that disney was kind of like they're pushing that can they're being a little edgy too like like this movie kind of was scary the first one at least uh like at times like it, it pushed that boundary of being a little edgy which i kind of liked um this movie is what you would expect for hocus pocus 2 in 2022 two. okay fuck it's well. kind of what you would expect all, but like everything that has to do with the Sanderson sisters, I had a lot of fun with. And honestly, like it didn't feel like any time was lost between the first movie and the second movie. When they were on screen interacting together, this movie was kind of exactly what you were hoping it was going to be. Because like even them interacting with like twenty twenty two like world and stuff, there were some good jokes that actually were funny. There was also a lot, a lot that were cringe. But regardless, it was just. It it didn't have that magic, pun intended, that the first movie did. And like even on a first time watch of last year of watching that first movie, it's that '90s cheese of Disney that made that movie so special, and that it was something that I grew up with, so I could instantly appreciate it. Sure, this movie's sure. just for a different generation. I mean, like if you Gen haven't Z? seen the first movie, you don't really need to. See, like you could go, you can see this movie without having seen the first movie. They do kind of like recap it a little bit, so it's like. I don't know who it's is for the, because if you're is this a gen z tv movie oh it's a tv movie sure uh and it stars a bunch of gen z actors that are now in the place of like the old kids and that's the other thing is like i kind of miss the original cast they're not even in this movie it's a whole new cast and wait the sanderson sisters aren't Sarah jessica parker no, 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 no. they have, of course they are but like they are like vanessa oh. shaw and the young girl that was like very sure. like you could tell that an adult was writing her character because there's no way in a, a little child had that much wit and comedic timing <laughs> as an eight-year-old should have at that age fair enough uh yeah and yeah like vanessa shaw was the girlfriend and like the young boy was uh the lead too their their whole storyline as well in the first movie was entertaining what's happening here is less so it's just it's it, it's what you would expect from like i said like what hocus pocus 2 would be in this in this year so it's like I don't know who it's for because if you're a big fan of the first movie, if you're like a really big fan of the first movie, you might find some good enjoyment here and you might like it or if I don't know, but just watch the first movie instead, I guess. I don't know cuz that's where I had the most fun, but like I said the Sanderson sister stuff here is entertaining. So at at least there's that and it's not as bad as I might be making it out to be. It's it's just I was hoping it was going to have that same magic as the first movie, and unfortunately it didn't. So I give it a two and a half out of five. It's not bad. It's okay. It's just not what I was hoping. Because the first movie, I'd give like a four. I don't – I just don't see myself throwing this on. You don't need other, to. I mean, other, but, but maybe I'll throw thing. on the watch first one. Watch the first one. movie again. <laughs> put the first movie on and just watch it. Just put it. You don't even have to really pay attention to it. Just put it on, and it's it's that perfect – halloween vibe and unfortunately you don't have the foliage to really match that vibe <laughs> you can't know that that's go outside super sad with your part, but I... hat like me and your patriot sweatshirt 
and enjoyed the cool, nice fall air and the nice colorful leaves. We are going to talk about the kind of like the new release TV shows that we got into. Dahmer. I mean, fucking Morehouse of Dragon. <laughs> the Man-Maid's Tale. Like, there's a lot of good oh, stuff. God. Go ahead. We'll, we'll talk about Dahmer. Speaking of murder, Dahmer. Yeah, Dahmer. Uh, this show dropped out of nowhere. Okay, wait. Before we even get into Dahmer, come on, dude. Let's Do just... we have to talk about Dahmer? No, like, I don't even have to even get into Dahmer too, too much. I, I, I just... Let's, what? It's what? okay because where we left off last episode, we were talking. We saw the pilot of House of Dragon, and All right, let's I do think that we first. just need to do a little check in on where we're at with the House of Dragon. I think episode six is tonight. It's in thirty minutes here as as we're recording this episode. <laughs> right. Um, episode seven, actually. Essentially, we now have concluded the whole Millie Alcock and the other al- actress who was uh, Allison. We've concluded that storyline, and we're now in the second phase of the show where it's the different actors olivia cook and emma darcy uh taking it stepping into the roles so and we've seen the first episode of that so i think episode five was the first kind of yep 10 years later yep. type of thing so mm-hmm. the first half of the show i think it it was the best show of tv oh yeah well i mean compared to everything else i mean i'm a pretty big handmaid's tale guy but this is pretty awesome for a TV show, and like, don't get me wrong, Game of Thrones is my favorite show of all time. And so, I really like Game of Thrones. It's top twenty, but top twenty. Jesus, I just said it was my favorite of all time. You said it was top twenty. How many? <laughs> top ten. I'll go, I'll go top ten. I, I don't know. I just can't think of all the shows right now. <laughs> what top are your 10. top five shows? I don't even want to it's, go there. I swear to God, if Scrubs is in the top five fucking shows, top, Scrubs you... might be my top ten. But Game of Thrones, I'll put in my top ten as well. So I'll, I'll I'll give you that much for sure. I really like Game of Thrones, but I don't think it's my favorite show of all time. It's just such good fucking storytelling, and I mean, this is this is no exception. I mean, House of Dragon, Millie Alcock, the casting is top of the line. Whoever got hired to do their casting should get a raise or um, get fired. Well, that's a good point because Millie Alcock could have they could have just aged her. Have you seen Robert Downey Jr. in Age of Ultron? They or aged the movie? other actors. They aged her boyfriend in an episode. Yeah. So it's just they like did. that's the thing. So I really, really was digging the show. I, I I I honestly love it. I still really like it, but that latest episode where they switched actors, I didn't connect with it the way I did. And I was kinda mad. Because that's because we just had five episodes with I the same know. person. So it's like, why why didn't we maybe just think about this a little more, develop season one fully with just Millie Alcock and Allison? But they they kind of I feel like they're just they're getting eager here. They're, they're like, oh, we want to jump forward and play with this other time because it's already got greenlit for season two. So we're we're sure. getting a whole another show with. We're not characters. getting any more Millie Alcock. No, exactly. She's and done. I think that's. What was driving the show so much for me was I loved her character and I loved how she was playing her character. She was so like, I didn't know where she was going to go. And when we jump ahead with this new character, I'm trying not to get too spoily, but just it didn't You're not. feel the same. It didn't seem like the same character. It just it felt like I was watching kind of a whole new character. Um, but I don't know. I, I am so interested to see where it's going to go. I can't, I, I, for all we know, it's this next episode is going to be unbelievable but i think it is just an adjustment an adjusting time here where i'm just gonna to have to get used to this these new actors playing these characters that i've kind of grown accustomed to already because everybody else is the same so it's throwing me off i don't like when they recast 
that's I it. will um, Oof, let sorry. me let me give you some a point of reference that will help you make you feel a little bit better. Um, I don't know if you remember the first couple. First of all, I'll say Olivia Cook playing Allison. I don't really feel any jarring nature of that because no, that, Olivia Cook either. is amazing. No, that's okay. I, I'm not really. It's I'm not really this... as familiar Renea. with Millie Alcock's replacement. I don't know that actress Renea. very well. Um, I could see an older version played by. Um... Oh no, she was in the show with uh, with Joey King on Hulu. Yeah. She was the mom. Mom, she was the mom head. in the act. Chloe Sevigny. Chloe Sevigny. That's who it is. Was the I feel like Chloe Sevigny. Of, uh, was, she was the mother of uh, Anna Sophia Robb. Okay. I don't even know. Anyways, Chloe Sevigny, I could see as another 10 years later of Millie Alcock's character. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, that's really not that relevant. I think that, you know, when they pl- replaced the mountain? I didn't they notice replaced that. the mountain. There's a pretty. I mean, the actor, the the change in the actor. I know, is but like, I, I, like, I wasn't, wasn't his it's character a, not? Hadn't he like not appeared after like a couple of seasons or something, and he was back as just maybe a different actor or something, or was it like the next episode he was a different actor? Was it that case? I think it was like a season later because the guy who plays the mountain in the first two seasons is like just kind of a tall dude with black with dark hair, and then they replace him with like an actual Norwegian like wrestler guy. Okay. Like, <laughs> and he's like he's literally looks like a just a superhero of a human being, like almost like a Drax yeah. type of character. So for me, that was an improvement, but it's, it's hard to look at the main character. It's like if they replaced Arya. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, she's the main character of the show and she was driving it and she was doing an excellent job in her performance. And like, you had never seen her do anything before. This is like the first time you've really seen her act. Millie Alcock. She hasn't really been in a whole lot sure. that you've seen for, the, and she was excellent. So it's like, it kind of bummed me out that we're now, switching here and i think this thing is we knew this was happening but i think finally when the episode dropped and i was watching it i'm just like i'm not as into it as i thought i was going to be i get it's like a new show yeah it did feel kind of new but i don't know like i said i think it's just going to be an adjusting period and uh the next couple of episodes maybe hopefully it just seamlessly kind of fits in but hey Tune in at the end of next month for our final thoughts. Oh, absolutely. I think the story is awesome. And when it comes to Game of Thrones, like, for me, I want to like it so much. Like, I take everything in me that, like, okay, I need to love this. And when it was airing, the the episodes one through five, even, I mean, like, every Sunday, it's like, oh, yeah, new Game of Thrones. Let's fucking go. Let's get hyped. Let's make some nachos. Let's go. It's Game of Thrones. Dude, when it was me, when season eight came out, it was like it was it was Chinese night. Um, oh, dude, yeah, I mean, that was during yeah, lockdown, it was awesome. I think too. Uh, when the yep. finale was airing, um, yeah, uh, yeah, it was yeah screening every Sunday night. It was it was it was so exciting. So, it, it did kind of recapture that too. So I I will appreciate, it. and it still is. I mean, like I'm hyped about this the new episode as well. So, but I'm just I'm optim. I don't know. I'm curious but optimistic about where it's gonna go. Um, and how yeah, I'm I guess I'm cautious, cautious, but I, I don't think I don't think it it was as jarring for me because I, I did so think the good. acting was it was still like really, really good. And I still think she captured the character, the new actress, totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't think it was bad. I, yeah. I, I, I don't think, think it's I don't think great. it's a knock on her performance either. It's just adjusting to the switch is all it's it, it, it's noticeable. Then, yeah, it's hoping. it's like. It's like watching like one of Anna Sophia Robb's or no not I'm sorry I'm looking I'm still thinking of Terrence the Terrence Howard and Don um, Cheadle. No, 
That was no, an improvement. Thinking, but <laughs> that's 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 a good point. No, I, I'm saying like uh, let's say like halfway through The Witch with Anya Taylor Joy, they replaced her with an older actress. Like it, it's like an up and coming, really talented actress, and then they just replace her. Yeah, that's how it feels. I get what you're saying in a way, but you know what, Millie Alcock, she's gonna get a whole bunch of roles. She's gonna shine in a whole bunch of other stuff. So uh, maybe it's good that she's not gonna be locked into just nothing but Game of Thrones for the next ten years of her life or career. So. Yeah, maybe she gets to choose some cool projects now because she got put on the map in the best way possible. I think she was like the trending celebrity on IMDb for like the whole month. Like it was, she was I believe on the front it. page every time you logged on to IMDb. So I'm sure she's going to get a lot of roles and I hope she does because she's a great actress. So yeah, that's a bummer, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see. I think right right now I give the show a four and a half out of five. It's oh, very good. Same probably. Yeah, like, I, I really yeah. still am enjoying it. But best show on TV. You want to you want to talk about the polar opposite? Uh, I finished She Hulk. Is well, it I'm over? caught up on She. No, I don't think it's quite over. Uh, I thought it was, but isn't it like it's ten not, episodes? It it's about five more than it should be. But okay, She Hulk is horrible. Is it now? Okay, because a month ago I had just seen the first episode. You had seen like two or three. Yeah, you'd seen it's... more than I had, and I was telling you like. <laughs> I didn't vibe with the first one. It, I can tell the show is just not going to be something that I'm going to be into, so I'm just not going to watch it, which I'm happy to do. I don't need to watch every Marvel show that comes out. I feel like you need to at times, but... I don't know why I feel like I need to put myself through it. It's like, okay, if another movie comes out, I have to be caught up with it fucking everything. No, yeah. you really don't. That's the brilliance of YouTube and recap. People who just... they that's like right. everything, yeah, and you, so. you actually learn more than you would if you just would watch it and not even enjoy it anyway, so... Um, yeah, no, I'm not. I have no idea what's even happened in the show. I have not paying attention, but uh, you're now you could probably figure it out because you were liking it in the it. first couple of episodes. No, but I get the backlash now. Um, it it should be on the CW. Like truly, really? this show is is like Supergirl, but worse. Damn. Okay, she, so it's dropped it, in quality or something. I mean, it, I didn't think it was that good it's, to begin with, but there's hardly any She-Hulkness. It's it's literally her making a dating profile, and then some some woman tries to steal her title of She-Hulk and use it for a makeup brand, and then she takes her to court, and then she uses the fact that she... <laughs> okay. She, she like, uses the fact that she made a dating profile as She-Hulk to personify herself, like, oh, I am She-Hulk, you can't take my name and my... It, it's fucking really stupid. It's really stupid. Um, I, Interesting. I, it's... it's, it's <laughs> It's just, it's like a soap opera. It it doesn't feel like anything Marvel's ever done. It's completely out there. I haven't seen Mark Ruffalo since episode two. It oh, he really? hasn't he's been not, in the show. He's not in the at show all. past two episodes? No. Damn. At all. Okay. It's like he was just there to be like, hey, you're She-Hulk. And she's like, no, I'm not. But that's the thing. I'm going like, to go be a lawyer. <laughs> I, that is something, though, that I do respect that Marvel is doing, is they're making shows for specific audiences they, they kind of have stopped catering to the general mass audiences and like that's what their movies were i mean all their movies leading up to maybe like eternals or thor love and thunder they were very much geared towards the general audiences that please kind of everybody and then when they started to make very specific genre piece films like thor love and thunder was 80s cringe comedy uh eternals was art house lawn cinema type stuff uh and now we have uh she-hulk and miss marvel is like a kid's show and whatnot and 
it's for specific yeah. audiences that and they're going to vibe with it they're going to love it in a way that we might not so i, I respect that they're doing that and I'm, i i hope this does have an i think it does have an audience i mean from the majority of people that i see talking about it they seem to be liking it besides I mean, straight white men super, like us but uh, i don't i don't and it has nothing I don't to do with why i don't like it like, i just you the, know i just didn't like the first episode but yeah it's it's fine. It's like watching New Girl with a I superhero. I didn't watch Vision or Falcon and Winter Soldier or uh, any. Those are bad I too. I just watched I mean, Moon Knight and Loki. Those are the only shows I've watched from Marvel. Though Moon Knight and Loki are the closest thing to a real Marvel movie or yeah. show. I mean, it's just this is a total outlier. It truly feels like a CW New Girl mixed with Supergirl show. Okay. Made for TV. Like the effects are okay. I mean, actually, no, they're not. They're not okay. It's pretty bad. <laughs> oh well, I mean, like we said, I mean, it's it's for it's for a specific audience. I mean, are you gonna are you gonna finish it? Probably. There there was a little reference to Daredevil in episode six. Oh, was he in it now? Matt he wasn't in it, but his mask was. Uh, okay. Well, he's gonna be in it towards the end. So at least watch yeah. it for that, because I'm excited for Daredevil to come back, and I'm sure I'll probably check out his series uh, when it drops. They're both lawyers. They're both lawyers, so it makes sense, right? Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. fucking stupid yeah yeah i don't know <laughs> so, uh, can we talk about something that's on disney plus that's better Andor. Andor. yes yes uh about andor here have, okay so are you caught up have you watched there's only four episodes out currently are you, have you watched I all four I've, i i've watched three of them three okay so they yes. dropped the premiere was three episodes which i'm kind of glad they did that because if they had just dropped the first episode, like I was really into it, but the fact is, like it takes three episodes, I think, to really know if you're gonna like a show or not. And I'm glad yeah, they... if you're willing to do that, yeah, yeah. And, and they've dropped the three episodes back to back to back. And I was like, okay, great. And we watched. I watched it with Brooke. We watched all three. I was locked in, dude. And this was something that I was not expecting because, like with Marvel. Some of the Star Wars shows recently, I just didn't vibe with. Like, I thought I was gonna like Obi Wan Kenobi more than I ended up liking it. I didn't really care for it at all, to be honest. Um, and Boba Fett, I thought was horrible. I did not like that whatsoever. Oh, I didn't think it was horrible. It was. It I was liked, Mandalorian. Okay. Okay. It was like the best episode of the Mandalorian between seasons one and two. The best episode of the Mandalorian was episode four of Boba Fett or whatever one that was just the Mandalorian episode. <laughs> it's literally just the Mandalorian. It, yeah, he was Boba Fett wasn't even in his own show at one point. It was just Mandalorian. Yeah. And that episode was fucking phenomenal for sure. But like as a Boba Fett show, I thought it was pretty bad. I just didn't really care for it at all. I just didn't think his character was that interesting. Um It's it's like they realized halfway through filming the show that they were like, Wait, yeah, Boba exactly. Fett's stupid. Let's just do Mandalorian. Let's, let's just like yeah. <laughs> let's just Yeah. Do, they're like, what, what are we pop, doing, what's, guys? What's Pedro Pascal doing right now? Like, let's just get him down here in studio. <laughs> yeah. See. He's still on set, right? Yeah. Let's, um, just, yeah, let's just you know full episode. You know, <laughs> go take a hike. <laughs> that episode was really cool because it was, it was like him with like his infinity blade almost yeah, like, like back to his own kind to like fight that for was some, sick like sword or something. I, it was, it was dude cool. i think what i found what i found with these shows and that this this works for, this goes for andor as well is when it comes to like a new property clearly it hasn't worked for she hulk i mean at least for my for us as 27 year old adults but when it comes to something new and it's not trying to rehash something from an older film like obi-wan or boba fett it's more intriguing there's yes. more left to be desired there's more mystery to it. And you're like, okay, I want to sit down and kind of figure this out rather than they're trying to 
they're trying to bank off of old nostalgia with a with a character like Boba Fett. Yes. Um hundred percent. So yeah, that that's kind of where I'm at, where Andor, no idea what it is. And it's it's more of a human level character. He's not like a superhero, he's not a Jedi, he's just a a guy. He's just a guy. He's like a bounty hunter <laughs> or something, or he, he gets mixed yeah, up in kind of, this sure. overall plot that is super important to Star Wars. And this guy, exactly, that we just don't really know much about. He was just a, a kind of a, a supporting character in Rogue One, which came out a couple of years ago. Um, oh, was he in Rogue One? I didn't even know that. Yeah, it was him and Felicity Oh, Huffin I had no idea. Movie. Yep. Oh, of course, dude. Oh, Come fuck. On. Casting Andor. I... But that's the thing, it's like, you don't really know a whole <laughs> lot about his character because, I mean, they were doing a, a huge chunk of that movie was to develop uh, Jay Nurso and Felicity Huffman's character. Felicity Huffman. Felicity, Felicity Jones. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> not Felicity, Felicity Huffman. Felicity Jones. Um, we'll, never ne- we'll never get to know what that character would have been in the Amazing Spider-Man series. That's true. Yeah, or Shailene Woodley as MJ. Um, <gasps> but, oh. yeah, Andor, I was kind of blown away by the first couple couple of episodes because it was so different than what I was expecting from these Star Wars shows because it felt something more along the lines of what you would get from like an HBO kind of programming as in it's a little more grittier and 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 more intense less like Blade friendly Runner than some of the other ones like... yeah like a very Blade Runner feel uh and it has a whole different score to it i think um I forget. Who, I think it's the guy. He's a great composer. Nicholas Brittle, I think, is the composer. But like the score mm. is really good. Like the theme of Andor is excellent, and uh, it's created by Tony Gilroy, who has been known to make some very in, like um, good action films in the past. And I think he was involved in Nightcrawler. But like it's it's got a different vibe than what I was expecting with a Star Wars show, and it's a vibe that is I think very welcomed. So I. So far, I'm very into it, and um, I wasn't expecting it to be. So, I'm it's almost surprised. like, yeah, no, I I am too. It I I don't think I'm as blown away yet. Like I need more. I, again, I haven't seen episode four. I'm not um, blown away, but I'm really digging it. It's super intriguing. I mean, like I said, just for the fact that it's an unknown property, yeah, it it's it's different. a more relatable character. It's not Jar Jar Binks. It's not. It's not Ewan McGregor trying to come come back and rehash his his past and revitalize himself as a star Wars character. Exactly. Um, so yeah, it, it's cool. I'm excited to see what they do with it. And it's not CGI, uh, Mark Hamill, which That's I like the other thing. Don't, yeah. I liked that dude, but still you can feel the, the real environments throughout the show. Like you can feel that like they're actually on set somewhere in the woods. Like you, you don't feel mm-hmm. like they're just the constant, like the volume of green screen and then the, the LCD screens that they use with the Mandalorian and stuff. It, it in the Obi-Wan, especially like it feels way beyond like the studio feel it, it goes to like the real locations, which I really appreciated. So it's, it got, it a, it's more got a vibe. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I can't wait to see where it goes, but yeah. Andor, uh, if you're hesitant to check it out, I would say definitely go for it. Um, and yeah, I guess on a, on a, on a more downer note, the, the only other show that we have, Spencer and I both collectively watched has been Dahmer. How many episodes? I think like six. Okay. So you're, you haven't finished it yet. No, no. It, so it's just a mini series, right? It's just obviously the it's one limited series. However, I have my speculations, my conspiracies that because the show it? is called monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story. I feel like they're going to now do Monster, 
the John Wayne Gacy story. Monster, well, the Ted Bundy story. Monster, the blah, blah story. Like I feel like they're going to maybe keep doing this because Ryan Murphy loves creating series. And if a series does well, like what Dahmer's doing right now, which is the number one trending show of all time because people are sadistic fucks and like true crime, they're going to keep doing this. Are you serious? I did not know that, but that that's... That's spot on for us American audiences that are fucking sadistic freaks. Because you had mentioned something earlier in this episode where we were talking about Pearl. And you were like, yeah, Pearl is similar to Jeffrey Dahmer and blah, blah, blah. She is. That is the difference there in here. Because Pearl is a fictional character. It's a silly horror movie. (laughs) It's fun. Dahmer. This is real. This is real. This is gross. This literally is so fucking disturbing. We're like, I struggled getting through the first couple of episodes. Like, it just, like, it took a toll on me. Just of how they were going into such detail of, like, actually showing Jeffrey Dahmer killing these people and, like, what he would do with the bodies. And it, they were, they were not holding back any punches. And the whole time, it just, it punched me in the gut like it probably was intending, but it just, it was a struggle to watch the show, but it was one of those things where it's like, you can't take your eyes off of it and you just want to know more because I didn't know much about Jeffrey Dahmer and his story. I didn't really know really anything about just other than the fact that he was, he ate people and he killed a bunch of people but like i didn't know anything like the details so that's mainly why i was watching it to really get a sense of like who this guy was and i didn't know anything about the community and like the response of like the cops and stuff like that so there was a lot to the show but it's just it's 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 struggled to watch what's the ryan reynolds movie where he was like a serial killer and like the voices this is jeffrey dahmer that was clearly inspired by jeffrey dahmer i mean Well, except Jeffrey Dahmer apparently wasn't crazy. He didn't plead insane, no. Because they were trying to make him plead uh, insane. But that's what I'm sorry. That's what I mean. For his defense. I mean, that's... He he didn't want to plead insane. He thought that he was sane. And that he just had compulsions and addictions. Um, I think he was sane. And that's what's more fucked up about this. Is because... He He said he didn't hear voices. This is just Jeffrey Dahmer being Jeffrey Dahmer. He had his own weird fucking sexual and sadistic pleasures and and acts that he decided to act on. Yeah, the the show does not hold back in terms of the subject matter as it it shouldn't. I mean, it's Ryan Murphy. I mean, he's American Horror Story. I love the uh, other stories he's done, American Crime Story. I've watched the... uh, oj trial one that he did yep, and i, I also, watched that one the versace one was also pretty good not as good as the oj but i mean oj is definitely more of a popular story i, I think the third season is the the bill clinton monica Lewinsky. Scandal. that's the one i haven't seen i haven't watched i, I haven't watch watched it. two either the versace i haven't watched that but um and so like he's done he's got the whole series american crime story so like that's why i feel like now that he's launched this called Monster, oh you're totally right with the jeffrey totally right. story like i feel like he is now going to and and I know you haven't seen I've watched the whole season. Uh and this is this isn't a spoiler, but in episode ten, the first ten minutes of episode ten is John Wayne Gacy luring a victim and it's showing how he did it. Okay. Well then he's gonna do it. But So that makes I mean but also Netflix... John Wayne Gacy his his character kinda came into play with the story of Dahmer towards uh when he was in jail. So 
it does play into the story, but like I just was wondering if it's like is Ryan Murphy gonna keep doing this? Because the he only should. thing I could keep thinking of is just the victim's family is having to relive this and see Jeffrey Dahmer trending on social media all over again, constant articles being written about him and people idolizing Jeffrey Dahmer. They even touched touch upon that in the show, like how he like had a fan base and like sure. women would send him like nudes in prison and like fan mail and stuff. And he loved it. He would autograph and he would just, he was all over it. But like, so like the first half of the show is really just Jeffrey Dahmer and it's, it's kind of exploiting him and, it, it it was kind of just like making me feel uneasy. But then the second half of the show, and in particular episode six, the show switches to the victims and it sees it from their point of view. So like season episode six is in, it starts off entirely of this guy named Tony Hughes. who's one of the victims of Jeffrey Dahmer, who was uh, a black gay deaf man. And so it shows him like kind of growing up, like what his life was like. And so like you are locked in, you're locked in with this character through the first 30 minutes, 35 minutes of his storyline. And then you finally, you're at the bar with him. You see Jeffrey Dahmer and you're just pleading for his fucking life and you know what's going to happen. So like the whole time you're literally just like screaming at the TV. Like, no, I don't want this to happen. I don't want to see, I want to just press the fucking skip 15 second button just because I just like, I know what's coming and it, it did its job of not really exploiting it but like you feel it in terms of just like how horrible this fucking guy was and just what he did so yeah it's i mean he's absolutely it's, it's, a, a yeah. monster and yep. i mean if i'm looking at it from from the show's perspective i think it does an incredible job of kind kind of just and evan peters well i mean that goes without saying evan peters is is phenomenal in everything he does he will i win mean an i've Oscar seen every season yeah, I mean, I've seen every season of American Horror Story. The guy plays a creepy dude so well in fucking every single season that he's in. Um, Did you ever I mean, see I, uh, Mayor of Easttown? No. Kate Winslet HBO no, show? didn't see that. He, Evan Peters randomly has a supporting role in that show, and I think he won the Emmy for Best Supporting Actor. He was that good. Really? Yeah, he was incredible in just a supporting role. Super but like, He wasn't talented. playing the creepy guy, but here he is, and he's incredible. He probably will win. He's also here. Quicksilver in X Men: Days of Future Past, and that's no the best scene yeah. in the movie. And he's <laughs> fucking awesome. I mean, the guy, the guy is just so good. I mean, great and actor. the perfect person to play Jeffrey Dahmer. I mean, throw sunglasses on night era seventies eyeglasses on Evan Peters, and that's basically Jeffrey Dahmer in a nutshell. Anyway, but God, I mean, it's such an unsettling experience to get through. Um, if you're kind of intrigued by just serial killers in general which it's hard not to be it's just kind of a thing of society people just want to be like into it it's hard not to be intrigued by it i've, I've listened to a lot of true crime podcasts and documentaries and stuff and uh, i don't know we have we're drawn to it for some reason but this guy was a sick fuck i mean he really really was i mean there it goes from murdering people to eating them to he just has a weird affliction with wanting to like listen to their organs because that's what he's truly attracted to it's like the organs of people and that's what's so unsettling. It's not he doesn't even see them as people. He sees them as like you know, it's so fucked, dude. dude it's okay, so, so fucked. Um I was contemplating if I was gonna share the story or not, and you're welcome to cut it, but I'm just gonna tell okay. you. you. Am I gonna throw it, up because I hate this too. shit? Mm. So uh. Friday night, you know, I pound those double IPAs with Brooks family and we watch the greatest beer run ever. We're having a great time. I get back here at like ten thirty at night. I was about to put on Netflix 
out like a light, fell asleep. I woke up at 4 a.m. I felt like shit. I felt I had a massive headache. Mm. I hadn't, I haven't been drunk in so long. So like it hit me like a free train, but just because it was the last day and it was because before sober October. And so I was like, okay, I feel like absolute shit. My head is pounding. I'm going to take Advil. Just chill. I'll put on Netflix at three. It was like three 45 in the morning. I was like, I'll just put on Netflix. And I, Little on Netflix, Jeffrey Dahmer, episode seven. I'm like, okay, I'll watch it. Great. I watched that whole episode. I'm just not feeling it. I'm feeling so sick. I'm grossed out. The show ends. I'm sitting I'm sitting there. I'm like, I'm going to puke. Ran to the bathroom. Projectile vomited for maybe 20 minutes. Jesus Christ, Spencer. The show made me puke. But granted, it was external factors that caused it. But still, like, I... Was it? <laughs> I think so because like, but just as I, just, this show just it made me feel so sick to my stomach, having to watch what this guy did to people, and so I don't know. I just it it hit me <laughs> pretty hard. Yeah, I mean, if not a better reason to uh, experience sober October <laughs> yeah. than that, I mean, I, it just I, I don't know it didn't what else. Help. It, what, it, what you actually help, maybe what... it did help because I felt so much better. But um, yeah. Yeah, I mean the the most disgusting scene that I, I remember you told me about was he works at like a like a a hospital. Oh yeah, yeah, where yeah. he's like collecting that, blood for people, scene, and he brings yeah, the blood home. God, and then yeah, and he drinks it, and it's man. I mean he he's got some quirks. He's a quirky guy. Uh, he's like Zoe Deschanel. No. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like no. a Zoe no, he's not. Um, that yeah. So. Um. Hmm. Tomer. five out of five i don't know no i can't i can't give it a grade yet it's it's just a super weird show and very well done and evan peters is fucking phenomenal and, and the worst way possible yeah, it's not really a show i'd i'd recommend but it's 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 good it's it's well made it's well acted and everything so and also the score is really haunting like i think every episode ends with whale noises mm. and it's just like so unsettling because it's not... wait what so i don't it... notice that stuff so that's I'm gonna have to pay attention for that going forward. So like Whale that's noises. like the cue, like of Dory. When it cuts to credits and like the this is like directed by and it cuts to black. Um, it, it's literally a whale noise because whale noises kind of sounds like humans suffering. Hmm, the credits will play whale noises, and actually towards the end of the show, Jeffrey Dahmer just plays whale noises to go to sleep when he's in prison. So it it makes sense um but the the score is haunting for sure it reminded it reminds me of like the joker score at times uh which makes sense because the character is that fucking out there um yeah jeffrey dahmer um it well yeah yeah i mean yeah well speaking of uh characters that have gone off the wall um this is not true based on a book uh handmaid's tale season five dude so so that's your personal show that you're watching here but yeah, that's my personal show. I haven't seen The Patient. I know you want I'm to talk about really that maybe a little it. bit, Just, but uh, I'm watching The Patient and I'm also watching The Rings of Power, Lord of the Rings. But like, I know you're 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 not watching okay. them. You don't. Do, all right. Let me let me. I'm gonna do like literally two minutes on Handmaid's I'm Tale because like, I know you don't really care. The um, Just that I'm watching them. I'll maybe report on them when I finish the seasons. That's all. I really, that's all. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Just I'm know, Ducky Ducky's partaking. Um, Handmaid's Tale, all I'll say is if you're into the show, Elizabeth Moss has gone off the fucking wall, man. She's been through the ringer, and she is no holds barred, ready to attack and murder everybody that has wronged her um, in the most brutal way possible. I know that she's directing episodes now. 
she directed episode one and goddamn what an episode i'm i think i'm four episodes in or five whatever whatever has been out i have seen i'm telling you man of all the shows i've told you to watch this has been the one and it, it is a dark depressing journey but god is it good yeah i just you know I, yeah i tried i, it. I watched i think oh, it's a, three to four episodes of season one and it was just one of those things like i i knew what this show was gonna just make me feel every time i was gonna watch it and i just was not i was never yeah. in the mood to do I, it and i put get myself it. through it so yeah i i never I, I hear it's great. I hear it's great. But also, it's that daunting it's so good, ask man. of, like, I know there's so many fucking seasons and episodes to watch of a show that is so good. So, the, just... It's also a show that's going to piss you off because it's a, it's a character. She oh, gets I know. so yeah, close. Exactly. Oh, sure. And then it gets torn away in, like, the worst possible situation you could think of happens. So, and it's I, like, fuck, again. Yeah, and so then like that, repetitive, that repetitive nature is going to piss me off. So, I just... I'll recap it. It's it's great, and I you know I'm it's not just me. I mean, it's a very popular show. She's won a lot of Emmys. Like it's it's a fantastic show, um, with some v- super despicable, horrible characters that you're going to want to kill, on the like rip their hearts out, rip their throats out on the screen. I mean, it, it's a brutal, brutal show. It, it's like if America was a thousand times worse than it is hmm. now. I mean, yeah. If like religious fanatics took over and had control over everyone's lives, horrible, horrible. Um, and then Canada is like the saving grace of everything. You just want to go to Canada in *Handmaid's Tale*, which yeah, I'd go, want to go to instantly. Canada right yeah, now. Sure. So. <laughs> Canada is, is like um, all right. Is, well, there's yeah. a good amount of TV yeah. right now. Uh, way more, I think, to choose for uh, TV shows than there is for movies, but. Like I said, there's so much content in general. Just the fact that we were able to talk about this much uh, in, the, in the month of uh, September. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff. I think we uh, had a good month here. Better than August. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking at the news, the stuff coming out in uh, like the rest of October here. And there's really very few things yeah, that so, I, I mean, any interest in. October, you have the, the big releases. You have uh, Black Adam, Halloween Ends. You have uh, Hellraiser. There's a reboot of Hellraiser coming to Hulu uh, this week, actually. And it's directed by David Bruckner, who did The Night House and The Ritual. And he's done another... He did a VHS segment that was great. So, I mean, he's a really solid director. And this premiered at uh, Fantastic Fest, which is like the horror film festival. Um, and uh, people loved it. People were like, this is like borderline NC-17, graphic gory, like incredibly like reinvents the character and does something new. So it's it's going to be a fun watch, I bet. So I'm hearing good things about Hellraiser. And it's spectacular. You got me so, so far. Uh, I will definitely be checking that one on Hulu and like, I mean, Prey was a ton of fun and that surprised me and that was a Hulu original. So I'm not going to knock Hulu originals. So, um, we got that at least. I mean, if Apple can, can pick the, the right films to premiere on their platform, I, I think Hulu can, and, can do that as well. Um, Netflix is the one where it's like, yeah, we'll exactly. fucking put anything and out. And you're, you're so. definitely, I mean, I'm sure you're <laughs> going to tell me how yeah. uh, Black Adam is cause I'm not going to be checking that one out. Um, so yeah, I'm sure. Me and my father and, and Jokey will go check <laughs> that out that day is. one. Actually, he might not. He might not give a shit. To be honest, my dad has been more selective lately. I had to convince oh, okay. him to go well, see Barbarian. Yeah. If you keep bringing him to movies like that, I mean, he'll struggle. <laughs> but 
there's some other movies that might come out that will maybe be like a nice pleasant surprise. Uh, like I know there's a stop motion, uh, Jordan Peele, Key and Peele movie that's coming out. Uh, that's like from the director of a nine, uh, what is it? Nine before Christmas and, uh, Coraline. Hmm. Isn't that, isn't not Tim Burton. Tim, Tim Burton, Burton produced it. It was a different director, but he's only done like a couple of movies. It was Coraline and The Nightmare Before Christmas. And he's coming out with this next movie with Key and Peele. It's called Wendell and Wild. It's like a kind of like a spooky stop motion movie that's coming to Netflix towards the end of the month. That might be kind of fun. Oh my God. He's a creepy looking de- dude. Henry Henry Selleck. Uh, he also oh, did okay. James and the, the Giant director. Peach. I thought he looked at the movie. Uh, but no, the, the guy. I don't I need mean, to look what the director looks like photo. to see his movie. <laughs> I guess that's what you gotta do. <laughs> no, uh, Spencer, please. No, I I just want to see your reaction. Look up his picture right now. <laughs> he just likes to play with puppets. Come on. Yeah, he does look like a full on puppeteer in like his off time. I mean, he directed Coraline. Of course, he's a psychopath. Yeah. Come on. And also, there's a war movie that is supposedly rivaling uh saving private ryan in terms of like how realistic and gritty it is called all quiet on the western front that's coming out uh the end of october on netflix oh interesting a very brutal war movie so yeah i can't wait for that all quiet on the western front i think that's a i think that's a book book. Yeah. yeah that i mean that sounds very familiar from like school so I don't know. There's some stuff to choose from, and then obviously uh, a lot of TV shows to uh, finish up and maybe even check out. So and you know, never know the surprises that do get uh, released all of a sudden. So yeah. Well, let's jump into our last segment here. Uh, this is basically going to be called uh, Movie Thong Asks a Question um, because we keep forgetting we got to put out some sort of questionnaire in the story. I can do that. That's on me. I should have done that like last week, but I he didn't. gave us a bunch of questions. So we're gonna so we still just choose from the past yeah let, let's pull, pull from those right quick um it looks like you left two questions here uh question one let's do this, this one. what is one movie this is a great question uh what's one movie you'd love to do an episode on but haven't i would yet? imagine this is for collector's corner didn't specify but uh mainstream boys is whatever we watch so i don't know why but the first thing that comes to mind is the to-do list why because i love that movie so much <laughs> Spring Breakers would be fun. I feel like that would be fun. I want to do a movie that's like that I haven't seen in a while. That's like controversial and something that I would have a lot to say about. Night. I again, we said Nightcrawler in the episode, but I feel like Nightcrawler would be a really fun movie to do. That'd be a good one. Like I'm thinking of just like legacy movies that I feel like we would need to dive into, like The Lord of the Rings. I mean, Nate's oh, never God seen sake. them. Jesus. That's okay. Well, I think that's, that's crazy to me. The reason. Godfather movies, so, you've never seen them. So, like, these, nope. some of these big movies that would just be fun to kind of revisit and talk about. Uh, and that, and the fact that one of you haven't seen them would be kind of fun. Uh, I, I mean, we say it every episode, but like, give us recommendations and we will sure. gladly do them. Like, without question. Let us know what you guys Granted, think. We've we seen should a lot watch of movies between the three of us, <laughs> but but then again, Nate hasn't seen Lord of the Rings, and I haven't seen The Godfather. And that's so it, you it, might find it, one. As long as one person hasn't seen the movie, I think it makes for an, an interesting discussion. If we've all seen the movie, it's still fine, but it's more fun if uh, if 
think one person hasn't seen it. And like with the, with the iconic movies like that, I think that's it makes it kind of more fun because so many people have seen it. So it's like getting a fresh perspective, like getting Nate's fresh perspective of knowing was just something I like dreamed of. I loved that. I know. Like, the whole time we've I've always wondered in college, like I, I thought he would love this movie, but like getting him to sit down and watch it, like there's no way you could tell him a million times, watch knowing I'll pay you $10, watch knowing he wouldn't do it. But for a podcast, okay, I'll watch it. And he's, he's a converted fan. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, and just hopefully do Two Towers and Return of the King and supplement episodes. But yeah, Lord of the Rings. National Treasure. That's my choice. You could easily do that fucking next week. Oh, no, you can't. Spooktober. National, but you could easily do it. Spooktober. Anytime. National Treasure. I don't even own the Blu-ray. Um, National Treasure is the number one guilty pleasure movie in my arsenal. Above all else, I would watch that movie any day of the week either of them one or two both are fine that's the thing is like i love to i would love to do comedies but i feel like we would just spend the whole movie just quoting them i don't see an issue with that it's not but i see what it you're doesn't saying. i don't know it's not as fun to listen to that but it doesn't make for a deep like if we did we're the millers i feel like it wouldn't make yeah. for a very deep conversation but if like, we did like airplane or like the naked gun that'd be different the whole uh monty python's holy grail that'd be fun that would be great Yep. So yeah, that would be an amazing movie to talk about. Plenty of options yeah, there. So yeah, good question, Movie yeah, Thon. Yeah. Again, uh, as always, we love you, Movie Thon. Come up with some great questions, and we love the support. Um, yeah, we'll do one more question here. Uh, what is our favorite actor? Jeez, I would say Kevin Spacey. In 2012, I would have said that, but now I have a different answer. I don't want to take the obvious answer and say Tom Hanks. Jai Courtney. Hmm. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> what if I was like, <laughs> you're a legit adamant. human being I'm with adamant. a brain, and you are saying that? Yeah, Jai Courtney is my favorite actor. Jai Courtney of all time. is the best. He's my. He's. I mean, no. I mean, the, the real answer is Nicolas Cage. I mean, are you fucking? Did you just hear what I said about National Treasure? I mean, are you fucking kidding me? He's a lot of fun I will to watch. watch anything that, that Nicolas Cage. Yep, he's a lot of fun, <laughs> for sure. Favorite actor? Not the. Not the question is favorite actor. Not who's the best actor. It's fucking Nicolas Cage. Like. There's no other answer for me. And Spencer's is Corbin Blue. I don't from... even have to answer. It's Nicolas Cage. I... Oh, okay. <laughs> there we go. This is why Spencer and I are friends. Here we go. No, I mean, I, uh, I, I honestly, I would probably go like Robin Williams just because he's been an actor that's made me feel uh, the most yeah. in terms of all of his roles that he's Good done. Uh, I mean, he's, I've never laughed so hard watching a, a performance in countless movies. So, uh, I, Robin Williams, I think, and also his dramatic work is phenomenal. So, yeah. Dude, speaking of movies I need to watch, never seen, uh, Good Morning Vietnam. I mean, I've never seen a lot of his dramatic roles. So that's another yep. part of filmography I need to explore. Uh, my dad was saying that often, oftentimes people say that he looks like Robin Williams. Yeah, a little bit. You see that? I see it. It's in the eyes. Yeah. In the face a little bit. The nose. I see it in the cheekbones a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, guys. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. If you've made it this far. I mean, again, it's we really appreciate it. Um, if you would, I mean, this would take you two seconds. If you like the show, go ahead and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That way other people can find the show. Get us up in that algorithm. If you like movies, if you like TV, this is the show for you. Tell your friends. Honestly, there's a lot of physical media a lot of media out there these days to enjoy and we truly love talking about it so thanks again all of you and movie thong at those fan 
at oh, those movie dudes. Hello there. Jesus. <laughs> Fuck. Well, if you're in a fantasy, the if you're in there. fantasy football, you can go listen to the sister podcast, Those Fantasy Dudes. Uh, or if you're into uh, horror movies, all month long, we have a bunch of horror movies coming out on the podcast channel. Just make sure you follow the Those Movie Dudes podcast wherever you do get your podcasts. We have episodes like Insidious, Ouija Origin of Evil, we have The Visit, we have The Howling, and a mystery surprise episode on Halloween. Who knows what it's going to be? Only we know. So, stay tuned. A lot of horror movies due to be discussed on our podcast feed. So, yes. Spooktober. It's just it's just Halloween. It's Halloween time. It's good Yeah, scary. it's Halloween town. Town 2. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for listening to another episode of Mainstream Boys. New episodes release monthly, and you can stay up to date with everything Those Movie Dudes by following us on Instagram.